You're listening to the Things I Think About podcast. I'm your host, Jim Stroud. Hello, sir. How are you? Hello, Jim. Great to be with you today. Well, thanks for being here. Tell us, uh, who are you and what do you do? <clears throat> well, I'm uh, E. Ray Moore, uh, lieutenant, a chaplain, lieutenant colonel, retired. I served 30 years in the Army, Army Reserve, but I'm most known for being a, a, a one of the main advocates for K-12 Christian campus schooling and homeschooling. And we started a ministry like that about, to be precise, 24 years ago called the Exodus Mandate. And for your audience, that webpage is Exodus Mandate, one word, exodusmandate.org. And it's an effort to try to get Christians in particular and conservative thinking people to get their children out of the government schools mm. uh, into Christian campus schools or homeschooling. And we've been at that uh, officially as a ministry 24 years. But my wife and I started homeschooling our children in the late 70s. So we're pioneer family for homeschooling. And then 20 years later, at we offered the Exodus mandate. That is interesting. Um, what would you say to the, if someone asked you, well, instead of homeschooling, why don't we focus on reforming the schools instead of homeschooling? What would be your, your response to that? That's a very good question. And we get it all the time. Mm. And it's a, it's a perennial question. Basically we take a position uh, and we can back this up because uh, I've been in the ministry now formally for 45 years. I've got two seminary degrees. That doesn't make me an expert, but I am a amateur theologian and I've been a pastor and an army chaplain. So I, I believe I know the scriptures. And um, the, 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 the scriptures are very, very clear that the education of children belongs to the family and the church or to the family with the assistance of the church, not government. And so public schools really are counter to a good theology. Uh, and all the texts would, would agree. Uh, there's no ambiguity. Uh, when, when God speaks, he doesn't tell you something in one text and then contradict himself in another text. And uh, so right. the, the totality of scripture is in agreement on this point. But what I just said has been neglected and ignored, even by most ministers for decades. The public school system has been with us since the night, uh, since the turn of the, it was right before the Civil War that it became really dominant. And, um, and we've lived with it and we just, that's all we know. And uh, so we think that that's the way it's been and the way it's ever going to be. Well, we're saying, no, it's not the way it was. Early American history for the first 220 years, we had no state control, state-sponsored public schools as we have today. That system mm. did not exist in early America. All the education was offered by churches and family groups and government was not involved until 1840s. And it was pretty much a universal system uh, it wasn't, it had gaps, it had weaknesses, it was uh, not universal. I mean, we're embarrassed to have to admit that we didn't, uh, we didn't educate the Native Americans, even though they tried, and we didn't educate our slave population. And that's a shameful 
chapter of our history. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, it was not universal, but it was pretty substantial. And we birthed the American Republic on that model. And, uh, and so we want to go back to the original American model, which happens to be uh, in concert with the biblical model. So that's the main argument we offer. And then we would also say that the public school system, public education is socialism in education. It, it meets the qualifications. Socialism by definition is government ownership of the, of the means of production and government ownership of goods and services. And, uh, and we know socialism does not work. It has never worked anywhere in the world. And it's always eventually abandoned if, if the people can't abandon it. Even in the Soviet Union, it lasted 70 years. And then in 1989, they, they tried to get rid of it. And it just it doesn't work right now. It's not working in Venezuela. And that was the most progressive advanced nation in South America, the highest standard of living. And now it's just gone in, in reverse and people are fleeing Venezuela to go to Colombia which is a very backward South American country. Look at what's happening in Cuba today. After 70 years of people are finally revolting, they should have revolted 70, 60 years ago. They don't have any food. <laughs> they don't have any clothes. They can't get new cars. And so this is what public education has done to American minds. So we want to get rid of it. I hope that's, that's a kind of a long answer, but it's no, no, it's, right it's, it's, a, it's good. Um, I, uh, I marvel at how much school has changed since I was, since I was a child. I remember, I remember starting off the day with saying the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag every, every day. And there was a, uh, you could say a prayer, then that, that switched to a moment of silence, but there was something you could do to give reverence to, to God, uh, in a public school. Uh And then systematically, they started taking God out of school and over time school just denigrated to a point now where they're teaching uh, critical race theory, which I'm sure you're, you're aware of, yeah. uh, which on its surface and at its core, I think is just, just plain evil. Um, what do you, th- why do you think, critical race theory has taken such a hold on the public school system. I'm glad to see parents are speaking out against it now, mm-hmm. but it's actually been in the works for a while. How do you think it got to that point? Well, I think it's sort of easy and I'm a Southerner. I'm from the South and we have a checkered history sure. and race relations. I mean, we, we have to fess up to it and uh, no person today in his right mind, no Christian could be against racial reconciliation. Um, and we all are, no person wants to go back to the Jim Crow days. So people are, Southerners, even white Southerners, have a little bit of a guilt complex about the history, um, you know, going back to slavery days and even in the segregation era. But we've come so far. Uh, I left the South in the 1970s to go up north for 15 years to do my seminary education. And when I came back to South Carolina, I couldn't believe it. I mean, it was a different environment. Um, The uh, 
we've got black people in our church. Um, you know, there's a real effort for racial reconciliation. So a lot of people misinterpret what the critical race theory movement is about thinking that's what they're gonna do. And so it becomes sort of a, 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 a deception, a trick uh, to get us drawn into it, thinking that's what it is and it's really not. And of course it's a tragedy, it's, it's really racism in reverse because you know, now we have people saying that all white people are bad. Truly. And, uh, yeah. It's quite a, quite amazing. And I'm happy. I, it, it, it thrills me, Jim, to see some of the top uh, people that are pushing back on that. Uh, women like Dr. Carol Swain. Mm -hmm. I, I'm sure you know who she is. Oh, she's yes. a black oh, yes. Christian conservative leader, an intellectual. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she's always on... Um, quite regularly a guest on uh, Fox News and Newsmax speaking yep. out against critical race theory. And then Dr. Vody Bauckham, who happens to be a friend of mine, and you probably have heard of him, he's written a book called uh, Fault Lines, and you really should have a program on that book. Hmm. Uh, and it's the number one book uh, refuting critical race theory and the social justice movement and cultural Marxism from a Christian conservative point of view, it's the leading book right now. He happens to be African-American. Mm. Frankly, if he had written, if he'd been a white man, having written that book, he would be accused of being a white supremacist. But I don't, <laughs> I don't think he is. <laughs> and um, he really has done a, a wonderful job. And I, I do know him, not real well, but we're friendly. So uh, some of the strongest people that are leading the fight. And uh, I tell you, um, I was at a conference the other night and Carol Swain was a speaker. And uh, there were 200 people in the audience listening to her talk about critical race theory. And I don't think there were hardly any, any blacks there. There might've been a half a dozen. And I can tell you those people loved on her. And here's a, a black Christian woman standing up and de defending white people. Mm. And, the gratitude and the love that they had for her expressing it was quite amazing. So we're so thankful. So yes, it is a problem. And I'm glad to see you understand it as well. Yeah. I, I want to, I really want to see a change um, because if we can course correct mm -hmm. and stop this critical race theory at this generation, then we can preserve our country. But if it continues at the rate it's going and we don't, if we're not successful in stopping it, we're going to just, we're going to destroy our country because how can us, how can we be a United States mm -hmm. if we're all divided groups, you know? And that's part of their strategy. The Marxist strategy is to divide and conquer. Mm -hmm. And so as Christians, we come together, our identity it's not our race, even though we have one. It's, it's our first identity is in Christ. That is the main identity that we have, mm. not our ethnic identity, even though we, we cannot get over that. Uh, my wife's got a German background and I'm Scotch Irish, you know, and I'm not, I don't run away from that, but that, that's not my main point of identity. And so we've got to make our identity in Christ. So it's more important now for white Christians and black Christians to unite and show love and solidarity than it's ever been. And they want to divide it, divide us and, you know, and cause and go back to Jim Crow. 
that's really what it's about. Because if we're if we're divided, then they can conquer us. Truly, truly. Um, I what do you think it will take? And and maybe I'm answering my own question even as I ask it. When I look at critical race theory and how it's infiltrated everything and how parents are pushing back against it, it really makes, uh, I would think a lot of parents say, you know what, I'm going to homeschool just to get away from the craziness because mm-hmm. that's the best way. Uh, but there are also, I'm sure, a large group of parents who say, hey, I am just not a teacher. I don't have the uh, mental capacity or the patience, plus I work a job um, yeah. and, and I can't afford a um I can't afford a private school where I know I can trust the teachers. Uh, so, so how do you, uh, how do you talk to them? Because they may want to do it, but they feel like they just don't have the capacity yeah. to homeschool. Very good question. Uh, let me, let me address this in, you know, with the black community. Um, mm. You might know of this ministry, but we're very close to a ministry based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And I'd urge you to have this woman on your show. Her name is, and I can send you that information another time, Joyce Burgess and her husband, Eric Burgess. And they started a ministry 20 years ago called National Black Home Educators. And uh, it's very dynamic. And we are allied with them. We have separate organizations, but we're sort of allied with them. And this is uh, this woman and her husband, they're like a heroic couple. And, and they've been doing this 20 years. And this should show you how homeschooling is growing in the black community. You're not going to believe what I'm getting ready to tell you. Mm. And uh, she had, when pandemic started, uh, she had uh, 5,000 family members. And these are all black Christians. I'm guessing if a white family wanted to join, they could. But she's reaching out to the black community, Christian community. Yep. 5,000 members, Jim. How many do you think she has today after one year? Because of the pandemic, uh, at at least twice that. (laughs) Oh, 35,000 members. Wow. It's grown sevenfold in a year. Wow. These are all black families homeschooling their kids. Now, you raise some issues of why it's difficult. You generally have to have one parent at home. You know, and so some people just have to have their two family. They have to have a two family income. Mm-hmm. But the other answer to your question is that churches can do this. We churches have budgets and they can provide these services, but the pastors have to get off their little fanny and start doing it. And, <laughs> you know, and and I'm telling people to you know tell your pastor to get going, buddy, and do your job. <laughs> but okay. uh, anyway, that's just one story. So uh, the the pandemic has caused our movement to explode. Not just in the African-American community, but in the white community, too. But Joyce Burgess and her husband, Eric, are really a national treasure. And I believe that website is nbhe.net. Okay. I'm having to okay. go from memory, but I know her personally, and I'll be seeing her in a few weeks. She's, we're going to be at a conference together. Well, I'll, I'll look, I'll look that information up and I'll put it in the podcast. You could, you could contact her and she would um, think, give you an interview. Okay. Okay. Um, now let's say that someone is homeschooling their kids and they need some sort of curriculum to go by and they look out on the internet and they see, um, I don't know, common core information. And they say this common yeah. core information 
It's accepted by so many schools nationwide. So I probably should use this when I'm homeschooling my kids. What, what would you say to that? Well, we are against Common Core, and and it frankly uh, was one of the issues that's driven people out of the public school system. People know it's not fundamentally sound pedagogy, and it's uh, if you're using the Common Core method, your children really really won't learn well. And so that was an issue maybe ten years ago when people it caused a, another exodus. Hmm. But now the critical race theory. I, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's helping my cause. People are just so angry about it. They're leaving the schools. And so it's causing my movement to grow. And um, so I'm, I shouldn't say I'm happy for critical race theory because it's a poison doctrine that really is corrupting children and particularly higher ed. But it does cause people to leave. All right, let's see. Let me think. Uh, oh, all right. Let's get to you, your question was very good. We have a web page and this is something you need to uh, post it on your own services so your audience can get it sure but i specifically answered the question you just raised it's called publicschoolexit.com publicschoolexit.com okay and i'm the chairman of that and uh we have we have a board <clears throat> and i'm uh it's based in san diego and it concentrates on curricula and how to get started methods, uh, arguments for homeschooling and private campus schooling, Christian schooling. Um, it, we've got a consultant service. So if someone it, it wants to get started, but they just lost, don't know how, they can call the office and they'll get a consultant. And right now I'm consulting with three future Christian schools. One is starting this fall here in town, but two, one is going to be starting next fall in up near Charlotte, North Carolina. And then one is in the Fort Worth, Dallas here. And I'm working with the future headmaster. And we believe this phenomenon of private uh, Christian schools is growing all over the country. It's just hard to track it because there's so many different people and places, but we think there could be a thousand new schools that are going to be birthed in the next uh, six months to a year. And that's campus schooling in, in churches. That is and interesting. That's, that's uh, separate from homeschooling. So that, if, yeah. people, if people, your people are interested and they need answers, publicschoolexit.com is a place to go to get answers on curriculum. You do not want to use Common Core or any school public school curriculum. Okay. Why, why, about it, why not huh? Common Core? Why not Common Core specifically? What what about it that you are against? Well, it dumbs down uh, the education. the The philosophy behind it is you want to have the lowest common denominator because the uh, the less smart children can't keep up with the smarter children. Well, we don't want to lower standards. We want to raise standards. So if you have some kids that can excel, you need to let them excel. And um, we, I mean, we've always had, even in public schools, uh, we had advanced classes and we had the average kids in one class. It's, it's you know, it's not, it's not a sin to be average, <laughs> but you know, you, you, you've got to allow the, the bright kids to go farther and faster if they can. So that's one thing that's wrong with it. And um, uh, so it's, but it's, it's been around and it's kind of faded as an issue Mm. It's, it's causing people to leave and now they're 
is critical race theory, which is really Marxism. And that's yeah. causing a lot of people. So it's really helping me. And I'm, I'm sorry that it's happening. But we've got to come to terms with the fact that the public school system is not reformable. And um, a lot of people that are upset about critical race theory are urging people to run for school board. I don't do that. Uh, you can't fix it. And uh, I have a friend uh, from California, and he served in the California General Assembly 20 years ago when the Republicans actually still had a majority, believe it or not. And he was the chairman of the California House Education Committee. I would say this is at least 20 years ago. He's, he's not quite as old as I am, Jim, but he's getting along. Okay. And um, he said during those that years that he was chairman, they had a Republican governor and a Republican majority. And he was chairman of the Education Committee in the California General Assembly pretty powerful position sure and he said during those years i encouraged 30 people to run for school board and i don't know if they were just in california they may have been uh, uh western states and there were 30 people that ran and won they were successful in getting elected and not one of them was ever able to make any significant change or improvement not one of 30 and he said, I was chairman of the education committee and I had, I forced through politically some uh, conservative reforms. He didn't tell me what they were, but he got things passed in the law. And he said, in most cases, the public school teachers union wouldn't obey the law. They wouldn't even allow the, his reforms to take place. And after he, uh, after he left office, they repealed all of them. So even the improvements that he was able to make didn't last. So he's wow. where I am. He says, it's a foolish idea to run for school board. It will not work. So what should you do then? Well, you should start another school. You can, you, if you've got time to run for school board, you've got time to start a school. Years ago, I was at a conference uh, for our ministry and, and a lady came um, from Danville, Virginia, which is a rural area in Virginia, very conservative, a lot of traditional values still. And she was so excited about our ministry. So she went back to Danville, Virginia. And I wish I could tell you the, the, the conclusion of this story. But after she got home, <clears throat> she was worked up and wanted to fight, wanted to do something to help the children. Sure. And so the leaders in the community, I guess the Republicans said, run for school board. And, uh, and they talked her into doing it. And I guess I, she called me up wanting to know what I thought. And I said, please, 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 I beg you not to do that. <laughs> you'll be the most frustrated person after four years. You'll be the only conservative on the school board. You won't be able to get anything done. And you'll just be worn out and beaten up. And then they'll probably defeat you in four years because you tried to change the system. And uh, I, I think she went ahead and did it. I don't know if she got elected, but we've got a lady in our ministry, um, Jim, named uh, Diane Douglas, and you can look her up on Wikipedia. Mm. She was, uh, pre uh, excuse me, superintendent of public instruction in the whole state of Arizona. She ran the public schools in the state of Arizona, and she was a Christian and a conservative. 
and she ran and got elected on a platform of doing away with common core. That was her plan. And she won the election on that plan. And she said, I couldn't get anything done. <laughs> wow. And she, and she was the top person in the pecking order. And she said, they just ignored me. I couldn't get it done. And then after four years, she had created controversy. She ran against evolution. She was a Christian creationist and against common core. And then after four years, they defeated her. And, uh, and the governor who was a Republican, the fake conservative mm. came out against her in the primary because she was creating such turmoil with trying to reform the schools. Well, I can tell you today, she doesn't believe in it anymore. <laughs> wow. And wow. she joined public school exit on our advisory board. You could look her up. Her name is Diane Douglas, a strong Christian. And she could come on your show if you wanted her and tell you why the system can't be reformed. Wow. So don't wow. Ad, don't advocate for something that won't work. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Lessons learned. Lessons learned. Yeah. Uh, the time has, has really uh, crept up okay. on me. This was a great conversation. For those who want to get in touch with you later on, um, they can reach you through exodusmandate.org. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, they can contact me if they want to hear about our ministry, exodusmandate.org. And uh, they can email, and the, the website is that, but the e office email is exodusmandate at gmail.com. And we have lots of books. My wife and I wrote a book on parenting Christian kids called The Promise of Jonadab. They can hmm. order that. We have, uh, we did a couple, we've got a couple of books we've written. We've got movies. I did a video some years ago on Common Core. So, but the other one is very important uh, for getting people started, and that's publicschoolexit.com. They've got more information about how to get you started in homeschooling or campus Christian schools than I do, even though I have some information and I'm chairman of that other, that other group, but, uh, I've been doing X's mandate for 24 years. And so if people want to donate to me, I'd like them to go there. Cause I do have to keep that one going to, to have, have income. <laughs> sure. Sure. Well, to make it convenient for all my listeners, just look in the podcast description. There'll be links to all of his website and all his information. So yeah. you can check them out that way. Yeah. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel, I want to keep calling you that because of your service. <laughs> yeah, let Great. me get, uh, uh, give me, uh, send me your uh, physical address and I'll send you a gift copy of our book. Oh, wow. I sure will. I uh -huh. sure will. Yeah. All right. Well, thank well, you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Mm -hmm. uh, Lieutenant Colonel Ray Moore, thank you for being on my show. I appreciate your yeah. time. Thank you, Jim. God be with you and your program. And we pray God's blessings on it. Thank you, sir. You have been listening to the Things I Think About podcast. If you love what you heard, hate what you heard, or don't know what you just heard, I want to know about it. Drop me an email. I can be reached at Jim Stroud. That's J-I-M-S-T-R-O-U-D at jimstroud.com. So until next time, bye-bye.